This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It's Monday, May 8th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Light rain this morning, sunshine this afternoon, high 77, like that. Tonight, overnight, clouds low 55. Tuesday, not as nice, cloudy, high 62, but the rest of the week in the 70s and the 80s. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 56 and cloudy in Centerport out on Long Island, 59 and cloudy in Lambertville, New Jersey, and it's 58 and partly cloudy right here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning, did you watch any of this coronation over the weekend? I just happened, because of my hours, I happened to wake up at like 5.57 on Saturday morning, which was three minutes before they were going to put the crown on now King Charles' head. And so I pull out my phone, and I'm like, oh, let me let me watch this. And it was perfect timing. I mean, I missed all the nonsense before it. I mean, maybe you love this stuff, but I don't. But I missed all the nonsense before it. And there they would. They uh, fitted him for the uh, crown, and it took them a second to get it on his head, but uh, it seemed all was good. God save the king! Yeah. God It does all seem like one big costume party, right? Did you see, feel that way? I, I, I know people love this stuff, but I watch it and I just sort of giggle to myself. I'm like, really? Do people still buy into this? I mean, it's great for the economy in the UK. No two ways about it. And people, you know, really follow it closely. But I'm watching it and these guys are wearing costumes and medals and medals. What do they earn them for? I mean, I guess some of them are military oriented, but others are just weird medals all over and they're wearing these red suits the whole thing <laughs> i find sort of comical but um you know millions of millions of people watched all over the world all those uh, trinkets and tourists uh, coming over to the uk to watch this the souvenir shops are sold out of the mugs and the spoons and anything that have king charles all over it so it was a big day for the UK. I'd be curious, though, to see what the audience was compared to some of the weddings in the past. Um, you saw Harry didn't have a great spot. He was three rows back. There was a woman in front of him with a hat on that had a flower out of it. And so you couldn't really make out what he was up to. When it was over, he flew right back to the U.S. to be with uh, his wife, Megan, to celebrate his uh, oldest kid's birthday. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll watch and see what those numbers are when they come on. Of course, we'll report them to you. All right, let's get into the headlines. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, 
Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Five at five. A grand jury could begin hearing the subway chokehold case today. The battle over where to house migrants continues to heat up. Cops don't know why a gunman shot up an outlet mall in Texas. Chris Christie says Donald Trump cannot win in 2024. And RFK Jr. says he questions who really killed his uncle. We'll get into that more. But first, 503, let's go out to Rockland County, where they are declaring a state of emergency over the migrant crisis. Let's get the latest now from WABC's Alex Barnard, who joins us live. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noman. Yes, that's right. The decision came Saturday, one day after Mayor Adams said he plans to send up to 300 migrants to two hotels in the Hudson Valley because of overcrowding in the city. Rockland County Executive Ed Day gave an exclusive interview with 77 WABC's Rob Astorino in which he didn't mince words regarding Mayor Adams' plan. We didn't find this out until late in the day Friday, and it took us a few hours to react, obviously, to get the information. But we had to figure out exactly what hotel was being used. We had no idea what was going on. We had no understanding of how how, how many people coming up here. And he had the utter audacity to tell some of the media outlets, oh, we did brief the county executive and the, um, and the town supervisor in Orangetown. That's utter nonsense. He called Adams a bully who took Rockland completely by surprise with the plan. If you want to work with your neighboring counties, do so. Don't send your lackeys to, to text me at, at Thursday night late with some kind of story about they want to speak to one of my town supervisors without telling me what the problem is. Day also said that as part of the state of emergency, he had deployed Rockland County law enforcement throughout the county and that he was working on a licensing requirement for hotels that would fine businesses up to $2,000 per migrant per day if they don't comply. He also added that unless the mayor decides to work with him on the migrant issue, there will be consequences. We are prepared, and I am calling upon Mayor Adams to stop what he's doing Think about what he's doing, because this is going to be an ugly battle for no reason. Uh, Adams plans to send asylum seekers to the Orangeburg Hotel and to a hotel in the Orange County town of Orange Lake. So, so this has come Wednesday, right? I know that's one of the days they're throwing out there is that it, they would move these. I think it's almost all men to this hotel on Wednesday. Yes, that's right. Most almost all men, and the day the day they're planning to move them is Wednesday. Hmm, all right. Well, and, uh, and there's no thought whether he can stop this or not, right? He's going to try to legally maneuver to stop this, but Mayor Adams seems to uh, he's made a plan already to move these guys up there. It would appear to be that way, yes. And I think, like you said, that there are some plans that uh, Day is working on to sort of combat this, like the uh, the licensing requirement that I mentioned that would, I guess, I guess it's unclear as to what it would be, but if there are uh, businesses that may be housing migrants or doing something that uh, is not approved, then they would be fined up to $2,000 per day. Hmm. All right. WABC's Alex Barnard, thank you very much. While we're talking about Newburgh and the Crosshoods Hotel in the town of Newburgh, that's where 60 men could end up come Wednesday. Some locals there weighing in on this. Most people seem to be against the idea of having migrants that are living here in the city bust up to upstate counties. Come to the point where they need asylum, and some people don't, and some people just come in illegally, 
it's a lot on everybody else. Wherever they come, they need to welcome them. They do not need to put them in another community where they they may not know anyone. And, and back here in the city, actually, there was a fundraiser yesterday for the migrants. So you have people on the other side who say they're trying to do everything they can to help the migrants who have landed here. Even if it doesn't make a big difference, it makes a big statement. We believe that the government should be more welcoming to asylum seekers and do more and share more. We, the citizens, believe that we are a blessed nation ready to share. It's called the Masbia Relief Team. They held a fundraiser Flatbush yesterday to help some migrants who have landed at the Best Western in Prospect Park. WABC News Time 509. Let's go down to Texas. Cops there trying to identify the eight people killed, seven others in Saturday's mass shooting at an outlet mall near Dallas. This witness could not believe what was going on. See a lot of people running and we are wondering like what's happening. 33-year-old gunman shot and killed by police described as a Hispanic male. Investigators believe he acted alone. No word on a possible motive, but police say the gunman armed with a rifle, a handgun, wore a tactical vest. At least seven people in the hospital with victims ranging in age from five years old to 61. I could see like the like the smoke coming from it and like the um, like here glass shattering. I could see, um, you know, people running. You had people trying to help out others as the bullets flew. This store employee says she was trying to keep customers in her store safe when she heard the bullets. I was just kind of hurting, helping herd everyone to the back of our store. You see this in movies, you see this like on TV and stuff, but this is real life. Yeah, now authorities have executed a search warrant on the home of the gunman connected to the shooting. Neighbors say they didn't know a whole lot about this guy. The time that I did see him, you know, he would just come to work. You know, go to work, and then when he get home from work, he would just, just like anybody else, he would just park, you know, get out, walk in his house, and, and that's it. I mean, he didn't do anything that, that set off any uh, bells. Yeah, it seems to always be the case. And while we're in Texas, so just an awful weekend there, seven confirmed dead, several others injured after a driver slammed into a crowd of people Sunday in front of a homeless shelter in Brownsville. Police Lieutenant Martin Sandoval says some of the bystanders detained the driver. It wasn't unknown if the driver was just trying to get out of the vehicle or trying to leave the scene. That is something that the detectives are talking to several witnesses about. If he was trying to leave the scene, of course, that will be another charge. Sandoval says the driver arrested charged with reckless driving. More charges likely filed. The crash happened at a bus stop in front of a shelter for migrants in the Texas border city. Investigators say it appears the crash was likely intentional. Witnesses are saying that the car did go on the side of the road. It went up there and it's hit a couple of people and rolled over. If it is intentional, there's certain laws that we have to follow and there's certain rules and more charges will be pending on him. If it is intentional, we're going to try to see maybe we can seek uh, help from the federal government. 512, let's uh, go to Washington. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen calling on Congress to do its job so the White House won't have to consider emergency options to avoid a default in the debt ceiling debate that continues to go on. If they fail to do it, we will have an economic and financial catastrophe that will be of our own making. Yellen says the responsibility of Congress to raise that debt ceiling, she called the 14th Amendment, a constitutional crisis, referring to the amendment that would allow President Biden to continue issuing debt without having to raise the limit on borrowing. We should not get to the point where we need to consider whether the president can go on issuing debt. 
Now, the president had called for Republicans and Democrats to get together this week to hash this all out. 513, speaking of the president, defending his son Hunter as a decision by federal prosecutors on whether or not to prosecute Hunter on tax and firearms violations looms. First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me the feel pres- proud of him. The president giving an interview to MSNBC says Hunter's innocent, that he's proud of him. The interview touched on a variety of topics ranging from Biden's age, the debt limit, infrastructure. He said his age for the 2024 campaign is a non-issue because he's acquired a lot of wisdom, is more experienced than anyone who's ever run for office before. I think that we're going to see is movement. How can we be the most successful economy in the world without the first-rate infrastructure. We used to be number one in the world. Now we're number 13. It's just bizarre. Biden says the debt is not one that he brought on, but, uh, well, I guess ex-presidents. Not a single solitary Congress has ever reneged on the debt. The debt is not a debt that I accumulated. The debt is not a debt that occurred over the last several years. It's 200 years, the debt. 200 years. And as part of this uh, interview with uh, MSNBC over the weekend, the president says uh, a big reason why he's made the decision to run for another four years as opposed to stepping out of the arena at 80 years old is is he thinks he's the best shot to take on Donald Trump uh, to beat him if it's the two of them come 2024. We cannot let this election be one where the same man who was president four years ago. Uh, becomes president again. Look, the what's vast the difference ma- between the two of you? Everything. Yeah. So uh, later on this morning, we'll hear from Chris Christie, who gave an exclusive interview to the Cats Roundtable over the weekend. Uh, he has some thoughts on Donald Trump, and he talks a little bit more about whether he's going to jump into the race for the White House in 2024. 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk on this Monday morning. Say hello and happy Monday morning, Justin Ellis. Well, happy Monday morning to you, Noam Layton. Start on the diamond here, both local teams. They continue to play underwhelming baseball. The Mets got walloped at home by a score of 13-6 to to the Colorado Rockies. Falling under 500 at 17-18 and 18 overall. And now sitting seven games back of the first place Atlanta Braves. They'll be off today before traveling to Cincinnati to open a series with the Reds tomorrow night. Believe it or not, the Yankees fared much worse yesterday with ace Garrett Cole surprisingly blowing a six-run lead in Tampa Bay to the Rays and the Yanks ultimately losing 8-7 to in 10 innings uh, with the series lost to the first-place Rays. The Bombers now sit at a very depressing 10 games back of their division rivals. Perfect timing for the league's worst in the Oakland Athletics to come into town. Set to open up a three-game set in the Bronx tonight at 7.05. Nestor Cortez will get the start and pinstripes going up against Oakland's J.P. Sears. On the ice in Jersey, the Devils took it to the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 3 yesterday by a convincing score of 8-4. to Jack Hughes was every bit the superstar New Jersey needed in this one, delivering with two goals on the night, including this beauty in the first to put the Devs up 2 to nothing. Sanders, the puck in. Odds from DraftKings Sportsbook. At the top of the screen. It's hockey, not horses, Eddie. That was yesterday. Now here comes Jack Hughes, dropping it off for Smith. The return for Hughes, he scores! 
Uh, that cut, I should say, that call, courtesy of TBS. With a win on the board now, the Devils can keep fighting to hopefully even up the series come Game 4 in Newark tomorrow night in the NBA. The 76ers beat the Celtics 116-115 and 115 in overtime to even the East semifinals at two games apiece while the Suns toppled the Nuggets 129-124 to 124 to not their West semifinal series at two as well. Tonight, your New York Knickerbockers are back on the floor in Miami for Game 4, currently down two games to one to the Heat. Tip-off is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and Noam Saturday saw Mage win the 2023 Kentucky Derby. Did you have that? I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You're a liar. Uh, you're right. I am lying. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Mage was a surprise, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, <laughs> what do I know about horse racing? <laughs> but I guess. I, listen, I didn't I didn't hear Mage a lot in the week leading up to the Kentucky no. Derby. I, no, no. I'll, I'll tell you that much. But that is your winner. And I'm Justin Alec on uh, Sports 77 WABC. WABC News Time 519. A grand jury going to decide if the Marine who put a man in a fatal choke called on a subway going to face criminal charges. Daniel Penny put Jordan Neely in a choke called eyewitnesses say for about 15 minutes. Neely reported started he was yelling at passengers before he put him into that choke hold. Uh, the NYPD it's been there's so many stories connected to this so I'm going to go one by one but the NYPD releasing pictures of six people wanted for criminal trespassing during a protest over the death of Jordan Neely over the weekend they jumped onto the subway tracks at the station at 63rd and Lexington and uh, while they were happy to do that, there was a lot of unhappy people on the subways who were trying to get somewhere on a Saturday and were unable to do so because these people were dancing right next to the electrified rail. That's not the place to protest. I understand the anger and the frustration in the city, but why would you go on the subway tracks to do that? They could have been electrocuted. They could have been killed. Yeah, uh, and of course, uh, they slowed down an F train that was trying to pull into that station. Those people stuck on that train for an hour. Twelve people have been arrested already, but they want to find the rest of these people who were involved and arrest them as well. I call out Mayor Adams. I call out Governor Kathy Hoko, um, because everyone keeps saying nice words about fixing our homeless crisis, but no one's doing action to fix our homeless crisis or our mental ill crisis in well, the that's city. that's definitely one of the bigger problems. 450 people, by the way, on that. That train that was unable to proceed for an hour. That just sounds like my worst nightmare. Then you had MTA CEO Jano Lieber speaking about this incident on the subway rails. The video is is really troubling and upsetting. But we're going to renew our efforts to make sure that people understand that you, you have to, when you're in the subway together, there are going to be challenges. When you're in the public space together, there are challenges, but we have to find a way to de-escalate. Lance Clark uh, telling Eyewitness News that uh, he knew Jordan Neely not well. He just knew him as the guy who played Michael Jackson sometimes on the streets, sometimes apparently even was invited to do so for money at birthday parties. He kind of befriended him, but he said he had seen that things had taken a turn for the worst when he would run into him on the subways. He uh, said sometimes... He tried to convince him to come back to his apartment building so he could give him some clothes, some food. I'd bring him to the building. I'd give him bags of clothes, whatever I can do to help. And I would tell him, look, just ring the bell. Whatever you need, just let me know. But the last time he saw Neely was about a year ago, and he said it wasn't good. He just looked visibly in pain and hurting, where he couldn't perform. He said, listen, I just, I'm hungry. Can someone please help me? 
Daniel uh, Penny's attorneys releasing the first statement on behalf of their client over the weekend, saying he never intended to harm the 30-year-old homeless man and could not have foreseen his untimely death. A neighbor who knows Penny, he's from Long Island, says uh, he's a good guy. Some people seem to be the type of person you almost expect them to do something violent, but not this kid. Yeah. And then all of you continue to react to this subway chokehold death. Uh, people saying the Marine should not be prosecuted. Others say he should be. If I see that I'm being threatened, just gonna, I'm just going to hold you down. And I'm going to ob- obviously ask for help. You know, this Marine that took actions into his own hands, yes, that's great. But the reality of it is that there's repercussions for actions. Yeah, but others say uh, the Marine did the right thing and he should not be charged with anything. If he's just acting up, he doesn't have a weapon. Two, three guys could have just... Hey, listen, let's get him down. Well, that's the problem. If you do something about it, you get in trouble. And if you don't, you could get hurt. So, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, so the thought is the grand jury could get this case as early as today. We may get some notice about that from Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. 523. Another parking structure here in the city vacated, this time in Times Square. The building's department says the partial vacate order issued to this parking garage, West 40th Street, over safety concerns. The latest order comes as the building's department continues inspections of garages across the city following last month's deadly collapse in lower Manhattan on Ann Street in the week's Following that devastating incident, at least seven other garages in the city have received similar partial vacate orders. And uh, the Department of Buildings says it may not end there. They're asking New Yorkers who park in parking garages to look around. And if you see something that doesn't look right, cracks or you hear noises or something like that, they say they want to hear about it. 524, let's go out to New Jersey. Speaking of cars, Governor Murphy touting his administration's success with getting more electric cars on the road. Governor Murphy remembers what it was like when he first got into office. We we were number nine in the nation in terms of number of vehicles and number 47 in charging stations. I said, (laughs) folks, that, that, that has to change. By the way, while we're talking about parking garages and electric vehicles, there is some thought that the batteries are so heavy in those electric vehicles that it's possible that played a part in the collapse of that garage downtown. So there is some thought on the people who own these parking garages of reordering where they put electric cars because those batteries are so heavy. Now back to what Governor Murphy says. He says massive investments have been made to improve New Jersey's standing. That includes offering an incentive program to people to buy or lease electric vehicles. He says the goal is to get more than 330,000 electric vehicles on New Jersey roads by 2025. 525, uh, New York City still experiencing a huge problem in car thefts, especially with stolen Hyundai and Kia models. We told you about this last month, but the numbers of thefts haven't gone down. They've actually gone the opposite. Remember, The NYPD said maybe you should put an air tag in your car if you have a Hyundai and Kia. Well, some people have, but for the people who haven't, some of them have watched their cars be stolen. Well, 88 percent of people arrested in those vehicles are under the age of 25 and 55 percent are under the age of 18. That's one of the police chiefs. NYPD says grand larceny thefts went up 37 percent in April compared to April of last year, about 25 percent. Of the vehicles stolen last month were either a Hyundai or a Kia. 
And police are blaming TikTok for the spike in Hyundai and Kia thefts. If you go on to uh, TikTok, it's easy. If you just search on Hyundai and Kia thefts, uh, it comes up right away. It'll show you a very easy way to steal a Kia and a Hyundai. And if you show people a really easy way to steal a car, guess what they do? Yeah, lots of times they'll steal a car. You don't need a key, by the way, in the case of these Hyundai and Kias. And that's why so many of them have been stolen off city streets. What's also disturbing, especially in in the Bronx, is we are seeing these vehicles also being used then to commit some violent crimes. Yeah, what's happening is the cars stolen, violent crimes committed, and they ditch those cars Afterwards, we are just getting started on this Monday morning. The mess at the southern border is about to get a whole lot messier as Title 42 set to expire. That's that covid uh, pandemic law that kept migrants on one side of the border. Now they will flow over a whole lot more freely. We'll get reaction from everybody, Democrats, Republicans, and Mayor Adams before we head out at 6 o'clock. Governor Chris Christie giving an exclusive to John on Katz uh, Roundtable on Sunday morning. He had some interesting things to say about Donald Trump and the possibility that he might jump into the race for the White House in 2024. And what was another exclusive on Cat's Roundtable over the weekend. Really interesting. RFK Jr. questions who really killed his uncle, President Kennedy. I always thought that the Kennedys went along with the official uh, documents that came out after the investigation afterwards, but apparently that's not the case. We're going to have some of that uh, interview coming up, so stay tuned for that. All that and more after this. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yep, that's me, 531 on a Monday morning. Good morning. It is Monday, May 8th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Light rain this morning, sunshine this afternoon, high 77. Tonight, overnight, clouds low 55. Tuesday's the one chilly day of the week. Cloudy, high 62, but 70s and 80s for the rest of the week. If you're walking out out the door with us right now so happy you are 56 and cloudy in centerport out on long island 59 and cloudy in lambertville new jersey and 58 and broken clouds here in midtown let's start at the u.s southern border where things are going to get a whole lot worse before they get a whole lot better president biden says his objective at the southern border is to enable border agents to do their job this happening is Title 42 is set to sunset this week, and the thought is that thousands of migrants will pour across the border when it does. You no, know, 1,500 people at the border, they're not there to enforce the law. They're there to free up the border agents that need to be on the border. The president sending these troops to prepare for this expected surge in migrants crossing the border. In addition to the troops, Biden says he's sending judges and other officials to to help determine who's allowed to enter the U.S. We're having another thousand people coming in their asylum judges to make judgments to move things along. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas 
refuting criticism that the Biden administration is not prepared for the end of Title 42. We've been preparing uh, for this for more than a year and a half, and it is indeed a regional challenge, and it requires a regional response. Secretary called the current immigration system broken, says President Biden has worked on immigration reform since his first day in office. We tried to end Title 42 repeatedly and mm-hmm. were, were stopped from doing so by the courts. Everything that the Department of Homeland Security is doing, everything that our partners across the federal government are doing is within a broken immigration system. Right, so uh, you might imagine Republicans see this a whole different way. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says the White House plans for the handling uh, of the end of Title 42 fall well short of what's needed. And he says he knows because he's right there at the Texas border. President Trump uh, sent soldiers to the border to secure the border. President Biden is sending 1,500, quote, soldiers to do paperwork. Yeah, he says 150,000 might be better. We need not 1,500 soldiers. We need 15,000 or 150,000 to secure the border uh, because of the open border policies of the Biden administration. Thousands of illegal immigrants expected to pour into Texas this week when that health rule that's been used to expedite uh, deportations goes away to make room in shelters. Texas has restarted a migrant busing program that ships uh, those migrants to places like here, New York City. So we were seeing about 200 a day of the migrants from the U.S. southern border. There is thoughts we could see a thousand a day. Where are all these people going to go? What are the governors of border states like Texas supposed to do? Border communities are being overwhelmed. That's Texas Senator John Cornyn hopes the national outrage will get the attention of President Biden, who he says has so far refused to step in and fix the issue at the border. The mayor's office here in the Office of Immigrant Affairs expects the number of arrivals will soon swell to more than a, a thousand a day. That could come as early as Thursday or Friday. He won't listen to Republicans. Maybe he'll listen to these mayors of these large cities. They've done so in desperation, trying to gain the president's attention. Yeah, and then, of course, the question is, where do you house all these people once they make it here to the city? It, the number was, by the way, 53,000. That was as of a couple months ago. So the thought is that number is much higher now. 53,000 from the U.S. southern border bust here to New York City. And now, uh, as you've heard, uh, Mayor Adams is trying to bust some of those people upstate where there's more room, more hotels, and lots of pushback from those county executives upstate. Say, we don't want them here. We don't have the money to take care of them. 536, former President Donald Trump had said he might testify in his own civil rape trial. That was what he said last week. But this week we're hearing that he's not going to testify. His attorneys did not meet Sunday's judge-mandated deadline to request that he testify in his own defense. This comes after Trump said last week he'd probably attend the trial. Writer E. Jean Carroll is suing Trump, claiming he raped her in a Manhattan store dressing room in the 1990s. Trump's attorney suggests the 79-year-old came forward after over 20 years in order to sell more copies of her 2019 memoir. Both sides are expected to give closing arguments on Monday. I'm Mark Mayfield. Yeah, those closing arguments expected today uh, could be over to the jury, and we could have 
a, a final verdict within the next couple of days on that case. WABC News Time 538. Maybe you noticed, maybe you did not. The World Health Organization over the weekend saying the COVID-19 global health emergency is officially over. I think for a lot of us, it ended a long time ago. But you do have these hospital administrators across the tri-state, across the country for that matter, warning that they're still seeing a fair amount of people coming in pretty sick with COVID. We never should be letting our guard down about some of the concerns of future strains, um, just as, as certainly we get prepared for flu season. The fear, the, uh, fear, by the way, still is with the older group of Americans, senior citizens. Uh, they say that the COVID symptoms can be really bad for them. So they say, you know, just be careful when you're in groups of people. We've got a thousand people a day moving to the state of Florida with many over the age of 60. So the demand on healthcare services is absolutely escalating. That has helped to strengthen the approach that hospitals are taking on their inventory controls, ensuring that they've got the supplies they need. Yeah, so they're saying uh, it's still good to have one of those COVID tests in the house around you somewhere. 540, three passengers killed when a car crashed into a tree, caught fire in Brooklyn yesterday. It happened near 4th Avenue and Shore Road Drive, just off the uh, Belt Parkway and Bay Ridge Three adults actually ended up being trapped in this car when it went up in flames. They were unable to get out. They were pronounced dead at the scene. There were some eyewitnesses who tried to help out. That's sad. That's really sad. Somebody right, like three family right now going through through the worst thing that you can explain, you know. Fourth passenger survived the crash, rushed to the hospital. Stable condition investigators kept the entrance to the Belt Parkway in Bay Ridge closed for a bunch of hours yesterday. The caved hood of this car had to be removed so they could get the victims out. Lots of people watching on, as you might guess, in disbelief. It's too dark. One is um, too fast. <laughs> yeah, too dark. Too dark. And then signs, is really, they don't show you really nothing. You know, when the signs come up, you, the, the turns is right there. I used to take the belt all the way to Long Beach every day, and I had to change up. I even left my job because of that. Yeah, he's saying the belt too dangerous for him. Uh, officials, cops say it's too soon to know what caused the specifics of this crash. For now, not releasing the identities of those victims. 541, Long Island Congressman, I guess we can call him Queens Congressman, to George Santos sitting down with Marsha Kramer over at CBS talking about a bunch of things, but... Uh, one of the interesting things out of this interview is he says that his life has been threatened and so has the life of his husband. Uh, he details a little bit of that during this interview. Now, a moment of fear was when I received our really first credible risk assessment death threat. Got Capitol Police involved. We had uh, the NYPD involved. and The gentleman was arrested and arraigned. So my first thought was, is this story true? <laughs> because he's told so many that are not. Uh, we could not confirm it before we came to air, but we will before the morning is out. Reached out to Capitol Police to see if they have something where his family has been threatened. If they have, that you know, of course, that's terrible. Oh, no, we were in Washington. We were left a voicemail. The voicemail was explicit in detail of what was going to happen to what myself, my husband. Oh, we're, I'm going to come to I'm going to come take you and your 
husband in an F word derogatory term. Uh, I'm going to bash his brains out, make you wash it with a baseball bat, and I'm going to take it to yours and I'm going to blow up your office. Oh my God. So he left that in a voicemail. Yeah, awful if that is true. Uh, Santos says not all moments have been bad. He says the media attention, not great, but he says he's had some great moments with his staff who he says are very dedicated to him and to doing their job in Washington for Long Island and the Queens District that he represents. 543, while we were in D.C., two members of the House Intelligence Committee say Israel and the mother Middle East nations want the U.S. now to have a stronger role in security in the region. There are serious threats in the area and the United States should be playing a role. Republican Committee Chair Mike Turner there from Ohio. Top-ranking Democrat Jim Himes, who's from Connecticut, says leaders from Israel, Egypt, Jordan believe the U.S. needs to step up its influence in the region. Both congressmen say Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's greatest concern is Iran's push to build a nuclear weapon. He does think that Iran can be deterred, that if they do believe that there will be military action uh, against them, a you know, surgical-type strike uh, that would diminish their ability to pursue nuclear weapons. The prime minister is, of course, where he always has been, which is enormously hawkish. Uh, and there's just not a lot of diplomatic tools uh, available to address the, the, the challenge of the possibility of a nuclear Iran. WABC News Time 544. Ex-New Jersey Governor Chris Christie warning that nominating Donald Trump as the GOP White House uh, candidate for 2024 would be bad for the Republican Party. And he guarantees would guarantee President Biden's re-election. He was on Cat's Roundtable right here, 77 WABC, on Sunday morning. I'm very concerned that what we're heading towards is a Trump-Biden rematch. And a Trump-Biden rematch is bad for the Republican Party. Donald Trump's done nothing but lose since he won the election in 2016. We lost the House in 2018, the Senate, and the White House in 2020. Uh, We underperformed in 2022 and lost more governorships and another Senate seat. Um, Donald Trump cannot win. Christie says Trump has been an albatross for the GOP. And, of course, uh, now he's thinking about jumping into the race for the White House. None of these people will take on Trump directly, and none of them have a proven record of winning independence. You remember in New Jersey when I was governor, we got reelected with 61 percent of the vote in one of the bluest states in America. We won the Hispanic vote. We won the female vote. We won the independent vote with 70 percent of independents. You need to know how to win, and because otherwise we're going to wind up with Joe Biden, who, in my view, is the most incompetent president of my lifetime. He's sounding like he might jump into the race for the White House, but so far nothing from him. He's not showing up in the polls at all, but that might change if he actually decides he's in it from 2024. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, and here's Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noam Layden. Start on the diamond here. Both local teams there continue to play just abysmal baseball. It's really just not good. It's not fun to watch, and I end up turning it off in like maybe the third or fourth inning. The Mets got walloped at home by a score of thirteen to six to the Colorado Rockies, falling under five hundred at seventeen and eighteen overall. Now sitting seven games back at the first place Atlanta Braves. They'll be off today before traveling to Cincinnati to open a series with the Reds tomorrow night. Believe it or not, the Yankees fared much worse yesterday with Ace Garrett Cole surprisingly blowing a six-run lead in Tampa Bay to the Rays and the Yanks ultimately losing the rubber game of that series 8-7 to in 10 innings with the series loss to the first place Rays. The Bombers now sit at a depressing 10 games back of their division rivals 
Perfect timing, though, for the league's worst in the Oakland Athletics to come into town. Set to open up a three-game set in the Bronx tonight at 7.05 p.m. You need a sweep there. And Nestor Cortez will get the start in pinstripes going up against Oakland's J.P. Sears. On the ice uh, in Jersey yesterday, the Devils took it to the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 3 by a convincing score of 8-4. Jack Hughes was every bit the superstar New Jersey needed in this one, delivering with two goals on the night, including this beauty in the first to put the Devs up 2 to nothing. Jay Rich the puck in. Oz from Brad Sportsbook at the top of your screen. It's hockey, not horses, Eddie. That was yesterday. Now here comes Jack Hughes, dropping it off for Smith. The return for Hughes, he scores! That call courtesy of TBS with a win on the board now. The Duds can keep putting, hopefully even up the series game, uh, game series come game four. Whoa. In Newark tomorrow night. In the NBA, the 76ers beat the Celtics 116-115 in overtime to, ease, uh, to even the East semifinals at two games apiece, while the Suns toppled the Nuggets 129-124 to to not their West semifinal series at two as well. Tonight, your New York Knickerbockers are back on the floor in Miami for game four. Currently down two games to one to the Heat. Tip-off is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And Mage, the 15-to-1 odds. Horse, thoroughbred, whatever you want to call it, wins the 2023 Kentucky Derby on Saturday. Horse, thoroughbred, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Let's just call it a goat. It's a horse. They're thoroughbreds, though, yeah, aren't that's they? Right. So that's what you called it. I, I, yeah. So I was right. You were right. Oh, okay. If it, was yeah. a, if it was a goat, it would be quite a story. <laughs> well, maybe we'll do that next year, just to shake it up a little more. <laughs> I got a text early Saturday morning. I'll tell you about it on, on, on our show coming up shortly from Vinny Biola. I was the first person to find out that Forte was not going to race. Oh, wow. The first. In the I'll tell world? you about it later. In the entire world, you were the first person to find out? Well, no. I mean, Vinny knew before me he so was there when the people. horse actually stepped on a pebble. Oh, God. Huh. <laughs> you can't make this that's up. That's all it takes? That's, that's it. Did he I, call yeah. you before he called the jockey? <laughs> yeah, I think he yeah. did. Yeah. I think he did. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Well, there's uh, your sports note. Okay, Justin thank Alec you very much. 77 WABC. The uh, countdown clock. We told you about uh, Governor, former Governor Chris Christie thinking about jumping into the race for the White House. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida is expected to jump, and maybe even this week. Uh, he's getting slammed in the polls, but, of course, he's not officially in the race yesterday. Uh DeSantis will likely tout all his new conservative-friendly laws just passed in Florida as a major victory when he jumps in. DeSantis' star is less bright today than it was right after the election, but he's still in a good spot to launch a national campaign and talk about his accomplishments in Florida. That's Barry University's Sean Foreman, who watches this type of thing. DeSantis headed to Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa this week, where he'll discuss the six-week abortion ban expansion of the so-called don't say gay law. I think that Trump has been able to increase his lead in the polls because of the support that Trump's getting around his legal troubles from people on the right. But John Foreman from Barry University, a political watcher, says you should not count out DeSantis just yet. They think that these are policies that will play well with the national Republican voters. Yeah, uh, we were uh, this great, great interview, great moment, a couple great moments yesterday uh, during WABC's Cats Roundtable Sunday morning. Democratic White House contender Robert Kennedy Jr. 
blaming the CIA for the 1963 assassination of his uncle, uh, President John F. Kennedy, proclaiming it beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, this interview started with John asking RFK Jr., Robert Kennedy Jr., about uh, whether, uh, you know, what he thinks, how things are going on the White House campaign. Of course, he's jumped in to the 2024 race on the Democratic side. I mean, I'm having fun. I'm getting to, you know, talk uh, to a lot of people that I haven't been able to talk to because of the censorship for many, many years. And, um my family is happy and you know i i feel peaceful and content and so and i and they you know as you say that my polling numbers keep lining up so so far so good so there was this cool moment where robert kennedy jr brought up president john f kennedy and so john asked him the question we all have always wondered about let me ask you a question i, I mean i've never asked you this before who do you think really killed your uncle I think there's overwhelming evidence that the CIA was involved in this murder. I think it's beyond a reasonable doubt at this point. People, you know, who question that, I'll tell you the book, you know, a book that that probably distills the millions of documents of evidence, including confessions of people who were involved in the crime and the the 60-year cover-up. The best kind of distillation of that is a book called The Unspeakable by Jim Douglas. And I, of course, read probably 100 books on the subject. My assumption was that Kennedy has always bought the official investigation, but that's not the case here. James, he's citing this James Douglas book that's called JFK and the Unspeakable is compiling what he says is the most evidence on the topic and labeled denials of the CIA's role as a 60-year cover-up. That's from Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, You know, the U.S. government's official investigation, which was the Warren Commission report, concluded that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone as a lone wolf in the fatal shooting and that there was no credible evidence it was part of a conspiracy. But his own nephew, Robert Kennedy Jr., says he believes there is some sort of cover-up here. 554, conservative activists who are upset with Bud Light over their collaboration with transgender activists are putting a dent in the brand's bottom line. Sales are down now 21% for Bud Light. The shareholders, I'm sure, are saying, hey, wait a minute. I may agree with you, but I didn't invest my money for you to get involved with social issues. UTSA marketing professor there, Thomas Cannon, thinks there will be a ripple effect. Other big companies will look at their marketing to see what could be perceived as a controversial stance. Corporations are going to open their eyes and look at their marketing strategies and whether or not they want to step into these societal issues. The Writers Guild strike, they're still on the picket line. Saturday Night Live was a rerun this weekend. Uh, the late night shows are dark. Uh, soap operas, there's actually a few of them still left, are dark as well as writers walk the picket line. The latest thing to be affected is the final season of Stranger Things, which is pausing production due to the writer's strike. The Writers Guild of America and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers have been in talks for several weeks concerning an increase in writers' wages and a guarantee they won't be replaced with AI computer systems. On Saturday, the creators of Stranger Things announced production will be halted during the strike, saying they hope a fair deal is reached soon so they can all get back to work. I'm Chris Caraccio. Big weekend for Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, making a splash at the box office. Okay, Guardians, the high evolutionary has rocket.
the latest edition of the space traveling comedy adventure franchise earned $114 million in its debut weekend at theaters across the U.S. and Canada. The Super Mario Brothers movie finished in second place with nearly 19 million bucks, followed by Evil Dead Rise with almost six million dollars. I'm Trey Thomas. 556. Now, just want to let you know those two great interviews with um, Robert Kennedy Jr. and Chris Christie that we played for you this morning. You can hear the whole thing right now, uh, not just the clips I played, because there's a lot more to those interviews. Surf on over to WABCRadio.com, and you can find both those interviews there. Um, you can hear the whole thing for yourself. And finally, a few nice days, and it's time to get the garden growing. But beware. Bree Tennis explains what's really going on with plants, especially tomatoes, when you pick them. A research study done in Israel says tomato plants actually scream when you cut a stem. They say the vegetable emit airborne sounds similar to popping bubble wrap. The frequency is too high for humans to detect, but animals can hear it, suggesting plants can communicate with their surroundings. Researchers call it acoustic interaction, not conversation. So for now, the plants are not taking over. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. Not going to stop me from eating tomatoes. WABC Time Check 557, sponsored by Boulevard Watches. Also, time for traffic, transit, and weather on the sevens. Here's Joe Nolan. Big fat Jersey beefsteak tomato in the middle of July. Oh, 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 nothing better than that. But apparently, your dog can hear it screaming when you well, pulled off the vine. I'll tell the dog, don't worry about it. <laughs> right. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> WABC Time Check 558, sponsored by Boulevard Watches. Discover finely crafted timepieces available at Macy's. Let's find out now what's coming up on Sid and Friends in the Morning from Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Noam, leading your Monday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning coming right at you here, right around the corner, bottom of each hour. You don't want to miss the clip of the day today featuring the Cats Roundtable with John Katsimatidis. 940 this morning, your Monday morning edition of the Peerless Spoilers Sid's Take Trivia Game in the way of guests, 705, Curtis. Sliwa, 725 this morning. Mike Lawler, 740. Rich Lowry for his weekly Monday morning hit with Sid. 825, we'll do some nuggets with Noam Layden. 840, Arthur Idala And 905, wrapping things out, Jennifer Harrison. Big Monday program for you, Noam. All right, sounds great. Uh, just minutes, seconds away. We're out of here, of course, on this Monday morning. We'll do it all over again tomorrow at 5 a.m., but don't go anywhere now. Yeah, Sid and friends in the morning, they are up next. <laughs>